As a believer, reading God's Word is a critical part of your daily spiritual journey. And because it's so important, we've created a unique new resource to help you immerse yourself in biblical truth and open your eyes to all God's Word has for you. It's a free PDF download called The Word One-to-One that takes you on a guided journey through John chapter one. With biblical text and short commentary, each page provides insights that will strengthen your faith in an easy to read guided format. There's truly no other resource like this. Download your free PDF copy today at premierinsight.org forward slash resources. That's premierinsight.org forward slash resources. The C.S. Lewis Podcast with Alistair McGrath. Hello and welcome to the show that brings you the thought and theology of C.S. Lewis with me, Ruth Jackson. Discover more about Lewis by visiting premierunbelievable.com, where you can also find lots of great articles and podcasts. That's premierunbelievable.com. But now for today's show. We are diving into the Unbelievable Archives, The programme that you're about to hear was originally broadcast in October 2010. Justin Briley was joined by Lewis scholar Dr Michael Ward and former Christian turned atheist Dan Barker. Here they reflect on the faith, philosophy and apologetics of C.S. Lewis. Let's join them for the final part of their discussion. This is from um, uh, Mere Christianity and... um, Lewis talking about other religions. I'd, I'd like to see how you respond to this, Dan, at this point. Um, uh, Lewis says, says, and again, remember, this is a, a kind of transcript from those original radio interviews. He says, I've been asked to tell you what Christians believe, and I'm going to begin by telling you one thing that Christians do not need to believe. If you're a Christian, you do not have to believe that all the other religions are simply wrong all through. If you're an atheist, you do have to believe that the main point in all the religions of the whole world is simply one huge mistake. If you're a Christian, you are free to think that all these religions, even the queerest ones, I suppose we'd say strangers these days, contain at least some hint of the truth. When I was an atheist, I had to try to persuade myself that most of the human race have always been wrong about the question that mattered to them most. When I became a Christian... I was able to take a more liberal view. It's sort of um, it almost it's it's a red flag to uh, to 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 serve people, I suppose, that kind of view that uh, actually it's we Christians who are the more liberal ones compared to you atheists. But what do you what do you make of the, that particular sort of way of, of viewing truth claims about religions, Dan? Yeah, well, he was wrong about atheism. Atheists, at least the atheists that I am and the atheists that I know, uh, do accept the truth value of most religions. In other words, the good humanistic moral teachings that are embedded within, and I would say transcend all religions because they're human values. They're not religious values, uh, peace and love and and giving and sharing and all those things. Uh, Atheists want those things and embrace those things, and we see that in all these different conflicting religions that fight with each other and kill each other and have their gods by different names, we see that they're all really uh, striving for the same humanistic thing, and that is a world with less violence, a world with more understanding, a world with more peace in it. So Lewis is wrong to, to mischaracterize atheists. I don't know what kind of an atheist he was. Maybe he was being hyperbolic himself. And by the way, if Jesus was being hyperbolic in many of his statements, then where do you draw the line? 
is is heaven a hyperbole? Is hell a hyperbole? Is is even God a hyperbole? Then is all of this just one huge figure of speech? You know, I mean, either you take it at face value where you where you must, or you don't. And if if, if there's just metaphor and hyperbole and exaggeration, and by the way, and an exaggeration and in a hyperbole is a form of untruth. Uh, except where it's, it's made clear, for example, that he's teaching a parable. Well, we don't fault him for telling an untruth because we don't, you know, we know that a parable is a metaphor. So, um, so I, I think the, the point C.S. Lewis is trying to make can be turned around and say, look, we're all the same human beings. We all have the same human nature, basically, if you're mentally healthy, and we all want the same things. And religion is one sort of, you might say, premature or early attempt at our species to try to put it all together. And let's give it credit where credit is due, you know. Uh, but but essentially, know. we've outgrown it. We don't have to have that uh, gloss, if you like. What you're actually, what you were actually all aiming for, all your religions, was actually my humanistic, atheistic sort of framework, which which well, will do just fine without ours, without the addition of it. all of us. Right, sure. You know, Dan says, okay, you can have your, you know, moral religion, but uh, at the end of the day, all all religions are, are just essentially coming out with uh, what we all agree on between the religions is is what rational humanistic kind of you know morality will bring you to anyway why do you need god in the picture uh, <clears throat> what, what what for what, what in a sense for lewis was the importance of having god then you know rather than just going along with the, the sort of I, th- I think maybe you touched on it at the beginning that it was possibly about the fact that he found he couldn't actually keep these mm. these humanistic moral principles without <laughs> without reference to god i don't know well yeah i think that is part of it that he he felt that he couldn't be good even by his own standards in his own power um so yes he needed he needed something other and outer in order to assist him in his desire to be good and you know, in saying that, he's not saying that non-believers or believers in other religions can't be good in in any sense. What he's saying is that that he can't be good. <laughs> I think it would be fair to say that he 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 just he knows no other better way of being good than of trusting in Christ and receiving the the support of his Holy Spirit through prayer, through obedience, through fellowship, through communion, through baptism, through Bible reading, and all the other ways in which Christians believe that they receive divine aid. That, for Lewis, was how he, the best way that he knew in which he could lead a good, happy, beautiful, true life. Um, and naturally, he wanted to share what he d- had discovered Before we rejoin the rest of today's podcast, I have a very special offer for you to help you have an even more meaningful spiritual experience this Easter. As you know, N.T. Wright is without doubt one of the greatest Christian thinkers and apologists of our time. And some of Tom Wright's answers to questions about Jesus' death, resurrection and return are some of the most poignant and thought-provoking. That's why we've created a brand new downloadable devotional resource that's perfect for the Easter season featuring these questions and Tom's answers. This five-day devotional journey titled Jesus' Death, Resurrection and Return is only available to friends like you as our thanks for your gift today. And remember, your support is truly critical to help keep resources and podcasts 
Like Askin't He Write Anything and Unbelievable Going Strong, because this ministry is completely funded by friends like you. So please give the very best gift you can today and make sure to download your copy of Jesus' Death, Resurrection and Return devotional at premierinsight.org forward slash C.S. Lewis. That's premierinsight.org forward slash C.S. Lewis. Thank you. Dan, in a way, I'm sure you, you're not going to knock anyone who, who, you know, does good things, wh- whether or not you believe it's on some kind of um, irrational basis, perhaps. I mean, is, is there any reason why, you know, as, a, as we've said, an evangelist almost for atheism, you feel that, you know, Lewis was actually doing wrong by promoting the Christian message? Is, is, is believing in something that has good consequences, but on a false basis for you, as bad as, you know... Uh, uh, wrong consequences, I don't know. Well, on the one hand, we would all rather have people act good than not. And if they need an excuse, uh, if alcoholics need some higher power to hang on to, just to be sober, well, we'd rather have them sober than not. Although there are many alcoholics who do it without a higher power. They do it with reason. So in that sense, we all believe, you know, Christians and and atheists alike, that people should be judged by their actions, not their belief. I don't care if a believer wants to stand on their head and pray to Mother Goose and speak in tongues and roll on the floor. I don't care. That's their own personal business. And if C.S. Lewis had his own personal hang-ups or problems with how he needed some framework for being good in his life, well, then he found his way to solve it, which coincidentally kind of coincided with the cultural religion that he was raised with uh, surrounding him. So uh, I, I would rather C.S. Lewis had been a good guy than, than a total jerk. And in a sense, it's kind of, Lewis is sort of confessing a sort of in, inbred pessimism of human nature. He's sort of saying, hey, we're, we're lousy, we're not good, we're, we're bad. Well, speak for yourself. Uh, maybe he did feel that way, and maybe he was eloquent in it. But millions of people on this planet don't feel that way. Maybe it's a bell curve distribution of some I don't know, view of human nature. Many of us are optimistic, or at least not pessimistic, about human nature, and we, we do think we can use reason and kindness and a basic uh, evolved sense of altruism and empathy and morality and goodness and the, uh, the attempt to minimize harm and enhance well-being in the planet without some external prop to do it. And so I kind of feel sorry for Lewis that he thinks he needs that, and for many people, and maybe I'm not... I don't know what Michael thinks, but he probably feels the same way, that he doesn't think he's capable, although he does think he's capable of judging the Scripture. He does think he's capable of judging these arguments on on the one hand, but incapable of judging whether or not he wants to be a good person. What I would say, basically, is if you want to be a good person, then be a good person. What's so hard about that? It's no big mystery. Live in a way that, that decreases harm in the world. Thank you for joining us on the program today, Dan. Um, do you want, do you want to um, respond to Dan and, and give your own sort of summing up of, of where you feel we've got to in the program today, Michael? Um, that is. Yeah, uh, golly, there's a, there's a lot to, to think about there, isn't there? Um, well, I, I don't think that, you know, I can, I'm qualified to judge the scriptures, but I'm not qualified to, to be a good person. I, I, I think I'm qualified to do precisely nothing uh, on, on my own merits or my own intelligence. You know, that unsupported by my maker my by my redeemer is as far as i'm concerned nothing it's 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 all just a lot of nonsense uh unrelated to my my final end 
So, um, you know, if, if, if Christ has not been raised from the dead, then I am of all men most to be pitied because I am staking my whole life, my, my thinking, my acting, my, my, my doing on this premise. And I'm, I'm prepared to, to see where the chips fall on that. But uh, at the moment, I, I believe from, from inside this experience that it's, it's a good way to go. Um, and I'm pleased that Dan, in his experience, is finding his way a good way for him. Um, I'm, I, I hope it remains good for him. But I, I've found that when I've tried to live on those principles, that it soon runs into the sand, or it runs into the sand eventually. Uh, and then one comes to the end of one's own resources, and one does need to have some outside help, and one asks for it in an unashamed fashion. There's nothing shameful about a cripple using a using a, a pair of um, what do you call those crutches? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, in that sense, um, C.S. Lewis. The fact that we're still talking about him on a show, uh, you know, in 2010, just shows the the influence he's had um, that, that that endures. Um, as I say, I wish he was still alive. I wish he could be here in the studio with us. And, and in some ways, many people try to, to almost keep that memory alive in, in almost that way. But what do, do we need another C.S. Lewis? Do you think, Michael? I don't know. I, I, it occurs to me that many people sort of we have some great Christian apologists, as it were, but we don't really quite have anyone like C.S. Lewis anymore, do we? Because C.S. Lewis was, was much more than just an apologist. Yeah, he was an unusual, unusually wide, widely talented man because he, you know, he had his professional skills as a literary historian. Then he had great imaginative gifts as a writer of fiction and poetry. But then these argumentative, rational, and apologetic gifts, which we've been talking about today. Uh, and there's no one on the current scene who seems to have all those three going for them at once. I mean, there are some very significant and able people, and you've had some of them on this program, I'm sure. People like Alistair McGrath and Tom Wright and, and other n notable presenters in, in of the faith. People like uh, Tim Keller in the States. Mm. He's doing some good work, I think. So, um, and quotes constantly from C.S. Lewis. Yeah, he does. Process, so. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's horses for courses, and yeah. God, God does not leave himself without a witness in any generation. Well, thank you for joining me on the programme today. Thank you for listening to the C.S. Lewis podcast with me, Ruth Jackson. We were hearing there from Lewis scholar Dr. Michael Ward and former Christian turned atheist Dan Barker. They were speaking to Justin Briley on an unbelievable show, which was originally broadcast back in October 2010. Discover more about Lewis by visiting premierunbelievable.com, where you can also find lots of great articles and podcasts. That's premierunbelievable.com. Thank you for listening and see you next time. Thank you.